This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer's Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Brad Miller, Jose Pabon, Kyle Fleischman, Lance Gentles, and special guest, returning guest, Anthony Thickener. Hey, guys. What's going on? Evening. Big crowd. Uh, let's start out with uh, Anthony. Uh, hopefully I said your name right. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to roll off the tongue. Uh, it was close, close enough. I've I've heard it butchered worse. Um, it's Fitchner, Fitchner, yeah. Fitchner. It's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and you and I've been uh, fast friends on Facebook and uh, seem to get along and like the same topics and stuff. But uh, anyway, I'm glad to have you back. Um, you have a uh, I, I noticed over at the ECR Elite Championship uh, page, and I do follow that over there. Um, you got some big stuff coming up, and so tell us about what's going on. Well, uh, if, you, if you're if you a NASCAR fan and you just follow the sport of NASCAR itself, you know that the chase has begun, and uh, it's, you know, that's one of the biggest things about racing. Um, you know, all the fastest guys are in, and uh, we're ready to go, you know, tackle our uh, ultimate goal of getting that championship. So right now, um, all three series are getting ready to buckle down and, and hit the chase. You got the cup series this week and then next week starts with the Xfinity and the trucks. So uh, right now, those are the big things going on. All right, cool. And so your schedule is, uh, uh, as I see here on the screen was uh, Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yep. We have uh, every, every week we run the same, uh, tracks that NASCAR runs. So uh, Monday starts the Xfinity Series. That's our fixed series. Uh, they race 9 o'clock. And then Tuesday's the Open Cup Series. It's similar to the A Open Series. And that's Tuesday's 9 p.m. And then the trucks are Wednesday nights, and those are fixed, fixed truck series. Now, the di- there is a difference between the trucks and Xfinity, not just the trucks and Xfinity cars, but the weather that we use. Like, uh, the truck series is more for rookies and, and guys up and coming and, you know, still learning because it's the same weather that iRacing uses all year long. And then when you jump to the Xfinity series, we use the real weather. Like, whatever they run in real, real life, we record that weather and, and use it in the fixed setup that iRacing provides. So it provides a bit of a challenge. And how about those fixed setups this year? Uh, that's even more of a challenge than it has been in previous seasons, I bet. I, I race it seems to want to uh, keep everybody busy and just trying to keep learning and, and keep throwing new setups out there and keep learning how to drive these cars because they just keep switching up on you. So it's it's really something for the open uh, series where you're working on them setups more than anything. But, yeah, man, it, it's tough. Yeah, Carlos, uh, you've had a lot of frustration this week with the fixed setup, uh, as I recall. In the cup car, at least. Yeah. Yeah. B cars, no problem. Actually, from what I've seen Brad do, they look fun. Right. So, uh, how many guys do you have running over there? You expect to have running? Uh, are you looking for new people as well to try to get signed up here last minute? 
Oh, the doors are always open at ECR. Um, you, you can never have enough guys because, you know, what started out as full fields at the beginning is now down to about 20 guys, you know, that show up regularly. Um, just because some are busy, it's that time of the year in the summer, we usually lose numbers and then they come back. Um, you know, you got some guys who missed the chase, so they lost interest. You know, it, it happens, but the numbers always seem to dwindle. Um, but you can never have enough guys. So we're always, doors are always open, always bringing new people in and always trying to fill those fields because you know, 40 cars is the max. And that's pretty much what we try to do. In my experience, it seems like these leagues use, uh, lose about half of their drivers over a long season. At least that's what I've experienced, like an integrity league, uh, which we run, some of us run on Mondays. What do you say, Lance? We started with like 60 at the beginning and now we're running down to 30 maybe. Yeah, it does that every year. Just uh, kind of dwindles down as people realize they're not going to make the chase and they uh, move on to something else. Well, Anthony, isn't that part of it? Is the chase kind of resets and lets pe- more people have a chance at the you know the opportunity to for the championship instead of you know at that point you normally only have a couple guys running for it. Yeah, I do. I, I agree. I think that that's important to know that there's, you know, not, there's, there's two things to chase for. If you're in the chase, you know, and you were behind, you had no shot at, at winning a championship in the, in the old uh, format, but now everything's reset, you know, three races at a time. So that's what your goal is. Just one week at a time, bam, three weeks, you get past that part, start over again. And uh, I think that's the excitement that it brings. But I think that we also provide something for the guys that aren't in the chase, you know, because with the bonuses, um, we give out ECR fund bonuses for guys that stay the highest in points. And, you know, with the funds that we use, you're still making payouts in the, in those races, just as if a real driver in real life would be, you know, these real time teams out here, Hey, they didn't make the chase, but they still show up every single week just to, you know, get out there, have fun and, and make pay, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. All right, cool. And, um, and Jose Pabon, you're on. You you said you ran uh, with Anthony long ago. Was that in this league or what? Sounds like he stepped Jose. away. I don't think he's there. It was a different league, but it was pretty much. Um, it was so ECR came from console, and and a few guys went over to iRacing before I had made the jump. They went over there to test it out. And one of the guys had started a league over there. So because I wasn't on iRacing yet. So he pretty much started it over there and Jose got to be a part of that. And when I came over and joined, we were pretty much in that league running. And it, there was a lot of bad apples. Things fell apart because guys had a lot of big attitude issues. And there was really just no control over there. Leadership wise, the guys were you know not there handling things. You can go on, but, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And like you guys said, it's hard to keep people. If you're not working hard at trying to recruit and keep people, it's it's hard. It's a hard job in itself. So uh, that was probably two to three years ago, I remember, Jose. And I've seen him a few times out there at official racing as well. It's true. And, and we bring league people on all the time on the show. And, and they're all fabulous guys, and they all have great leagues. But it, there's so many of them to choose from. I mean, there's a lot of, re, you know, they all seem the same, you know, when you're looking at the websites and stuff. But uh, you guys kind of do some neat stuff that's a little different than others. Uh, can you talk briefly about that where you have the the money part of it where you, you and you get to spend? Uh, I, I forget how that works. 
Yeah, so um, when you come into the league, you have a choice. You could be an owner or a driver. Let's say you come in as a driver. Uh, you start with no funds. You're just a driver. Uh, you sign to a team, and, um, you know, there's different payouts on the rule book uh, for the series. So let's say you finish in a position that pays a hundred grand and you get paid 50%. So you get 50 grand that race. Um, let's play the other, the other equation to this. If you're the owner and you have, uh, you know, you have a four car team, each car has a cost to it. You have to pay an entry cost, a hundred grand. So that's 400 grand, right? Um, you're hoping these guys finish in positions good enough to where you make money. Um, because if they get a DNF, or finish in bad positions, you could lose money. And if you keep losing money, you could go broke and have to close shop and, and, and maybe join another team, you know? So that's just something extra to play with and have fun in it instead of just guys showing up every week and racing. It's something cool to, to um, update and keep, you know, keep it real. It, you, so it almost sounds like fantasy football, but I'm not a big football guy, but is, is it kind of along those lines? You're kind of like. Yeah, fa fantasy NASCAR. You got it. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, yeah, that's certainly unique, you know, and we've talked, like I said, I've talked to a lot of leagues and I haven't never heard of that before until we talked to you guys and uh, the second time you guys have been on. So, well, yeah, good luck with your chase. And um, do you have any hardware updates or personal updates that you've done uh, with your rig or that you want to bring up? Um, I tell you, you guys probably have better stuff than I have. I, I'm, I'm out there looking at all these pictures of these cool rigs that everybody has and all these triple screens, and I'm just jealous, you know. I'm just like, one day I'm going to have that. So, no, not right now. I have a 32-inch a LED screen and a G27 that I use, which I upgraded from the Driving Force GT. So, it, it, I like it a lot. Um, I seem to do, you know, okay with it. I'm comfortable with it. Um, but seeing all those things out there man you just it makes you want to build one so i think that's next year's project got to build a cockpit get the triple screens upgrade the computer you know all that good stuff oh yeah it's it's a chore uh once you get into it it can be a money pit too all right well thanks for coming on anthony and uh hang out if you can as long as you can we're going to go through topics next uh brad what's up now we've got the peak and freeze series uh Looks like Mr. Tyler Hudson ripped off a victory. Um, he was followed by Tyler Hurst, Brad Davies, P.J. Sturgis, and Jake Sturgis to the top five. Kenny Humpy was sixth. Um, the uh, points battle closed to within four points. Ray Alfala finished 15th, and with P.J. finishing fourth, that really... Man, this is uh, fighting and scrapping here. Four points. Yeah, four, that fourth is like a win, I think. I mean, can we call it that almost? I mean, all respect to uh, our, the actual winner uh, from one-up racing, uh, you know, Tyler Hudson. But, boy, we were really hoping for PJ to win or at least have a good showing over Ray, and that's exactly what happened. And, and like you said now, four points. And I think, what, three races left? Yeah, something like that. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's really cool for Tyler to win because uh, uh, we have raced him in the uh, winter series. And and uh, so that's that's kind of cool for me to know that I've raced with somebody who's won one of these peak races. Oh, he's had about three wins already, but they just never, he could never get them. He could never finish it off. Right. 
getting caught up in crap at Daytona and finally pulled one out. Yeah, he's had it like a bad luck kind of racing. Uh, oh. oh, looking at that, even Busa had a nice run. Right. Dude, where did Logan? 10, but where did Logan finish? Have no clue. I think eleventh. Tenth. Yeah, tenth. Yeah. Tenth. So good run for Logan Clampett. Uh, yeah, I remember that Daytona race. Now that you brought it up, because. We were watching it and talking on TeamSpeak, and we were like, oh, here he comes, here he comes. And it's like, oh, doggone it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was going to get to the lead and probably keep it, but quick. Yeah. Well, it's certainly getting interesting with the uh, championship coming down to the wire here. Um, and PJ and uh, Ray uh, fighting it out. So good luck to both of them. We just had recently both of them on the show. So, uh I guess good luck to both of them. I'm pulling for both of them now, and and everybody who's been on our show. We've had a few of these guys now, and they all seem to be running well. All right. Uh, we're going to skip Grand Prix uh, racing because they're taking a sabbatical, I think. Um, they start up later in the month, I believe. So let's jump into NIS Chicago, NASCAR iRacing Series. Don't start with me. I'll start. Uh, I finished uh, on Wednesday, P11, after bringing out the first caution, which I always hate being the first caution. Uh, I was almost last at one point in the race. Uh, I ended up with a good finish. Uh, Cameron Key uh, stayed out on the final caution. Uh, someone blinked and actually wrecked several of the inside lane on that final restart. He just drove through them and, and wrecked out three or four guys. And uh, I ended up with a nice finish of 11th because of those crazy, uh, you know, final restarts. The Thursday, I had a 7th, which was an absolutely great run. Uh, there were lots of great luck involved with that, you know, catching cautions at the right time. Uh, and then over the weekend, 16th, 15th, 14th, uh, spun off on my own twice of, uh, out of those three times off of turn two, all by myself. So I could blame anybody for that. Uh, currently in points, 34th in fixed, uh, Division One, 48th in open, Division One. And I got to tell you, last year at this time, I was running much higher in the points uh, overall than I am this year. And I don't really know what the difference is besides there's an increase in competition. I don't think that I've gotten really better or worse, but uh, it seems like it's just more competition. It could be also that more people are doing it more. I, I don't see, and you know, you have your Daytonas and Talladegas where everybody and their brother comes and races, but we're seeing good fields every race. I mean, you know, your daytime things may slack off, but... Your nine o'clock races at night are a lot of people. Yeah, lots of splits. So. All right, Brad, how did you run this week? Oh, mixed bag. The open, uh, I will say Dave Smith gave us a daggone. It was a good setup. I just uh, kept catching bad luck. Had uh a guy turned sideways, nosed it into the wall, and I was there to T-bone the crap out of him. Oh, yeah, I remember I mean, that. I had nothing. No, I had no. I, I didn't even have time to hit the brakes. But uh, best finish was an eighth. 
in the fixed and a 13th in the uh, open. And right now in the open, I'm 5th in points, 4th in points, something like that. And in the fixed, I'm Division 2, about 30th, 33rd, somewhere there. Well, keep digging on that open, those points. I, I see you had a couple of good finishes there. I heard a top 10 at least, so... But uh, you, you mentioned Dave Smith. Dave, are you there? Uh, you provided us a great setup, and I think you're really the star of last week. Uh, if I recall, you had a win and a couple other almost wins. Well, I uh, started out with the fixed on Wednesday afternoon. I, uh, I was the dominant car throughout most of that race. Well, I can't say I was the dominant car. We all got the same setup. I was the dominant driver uh, there for a while through the fixed race but i can't remember what happened but i ended up getting into a mess and it, it didn't work out for me but i wasn't too worried about it i was there to have fun uh for the wednesday night open i got the pull led the most laps uh had the fastest lap of the race and i won the race and then i turned around and did the same thing for the thir thursday afternoon open or I just went out and, and dominated the whole race. And then uh, Friday night's open race, I, I started out with the pole, and then I ended up uh, getting a little too aggressive on the tape, and I came into pit, and I lost a lap coming down on the tape, and it was downhill from there. I put myself in the back, and I couldn't ever... I got myself back into position. There was at one point I was two laps down. I got myself back into a position to where I was back on the lead lap with a late race restart. I, I put like 65% tape on it and I was going to go give it all I had, but I ended up getting rear-ended. I, I got loose getting down into three. I had it saved. And as soon as I got the car back under me, uh, somebody chose not to... Uh, give me an opportunity to get the momentum back on my side and ran me over. But I, I still had a, an awesome week. The, the setup I, I worked on, I could drive anywhere. And that's one it thing I don't understand. I, I see a lot of people in the forums today that were talking about how there's still no second groove and, and this and that. Well, I strongly disagree. Uh, at Richmond, the first race that we had on the new surface model i was running the middle line passing guys uh towards the middle part later end of the runs i was running the middle to higher side of the corners and i was passing people at uh at chicagoland this week yeah on other tires you had to come up to the upper lane I mean, pretty much. it was definitely usable i, I was running the, the high line you know my setup when I started working on it, I, I was moving around the track, you know, trying to get a feel for what it would do. And that was one of my strong suits in that setup was I could put the car where nobody else wasn't. If somebody else wanted to run the low line, okay, fine. I'll pass you on the high side. I, I could go anywhere as I wanted to with the car. And it, it would start out to where you could run it around the bottom, and it was fast. And then through the second half of the run, I could just I could move up the track, and it was still fast on the high side. I mean, the setup was on rails this week, but yeah, I had fun. 
that yeah, up and two. I, I remember late in the run, you could get up real against the wall and get the straight drive off onto the backstretch. And uh, I'm just going out and and doing what I need to do. I mean, I I'm 253 points uh, ahead of second place in Division Three right now. So, you know, I just been trying to put together real good sets here towards the end and just trying to do all I can to make, you know, gain max points. And, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I think on Wednesday, uh, the majority of uh, a majority of the team ran your set that you put together. Thank you. And, uh, I had no complaints. I ran it the rest of the week and, uh, it was neutral for me. I mean, it was a little loose at times, but that loose is fast, right? Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why the setup was so good is because it had a looseness to it but it wasn't undrivably loose. I mean, you could manage it. It wasn't just drive down in the corner and, and you were wrecking for the, for the first 20 laps because it was loose. It was manageable. It was tight for me. That sounds like a good set. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It was. That That's what was so disappointing about this week. I love to run Chicago because it is multi-groove. You can move all over that track. But... Yeah. And to have a good car and to walk away and I can say, well, I got a 13th. I'm like, I've done a whole lot better with a whole lot worse car. Yeah. It kind of just feel like I let one slip away there. Well, I know I should have ran it on Thursday. Or was it Thursday or Friday night? We had a cool sitting and I went back and just just went back on my week since it, well, freaking sucked. I went back and looked at my uh, runs and did a similar run with my setup and Dave's and... They had similar drop-off, but one got super tight and one didn't, and Dave's was the good one. Mine sucked. You know, looking back, I wish I would have ran it. Well, you know, we always need somebody on the team to run something different than everybody else, so we have, you know, some kind of, I mean, you know, baseline. But Got to have a backup plan. Right. If yeah. it didn't work good Wednesday... Then you know, hopefully somebody ran oh, something I, else that was better. Right, I use yours Wednesday. Different Friday. Yours is a good Wednesday. Right, you got tight on me there in a longer run, but you got to push so hard in the split side, oh man. Right, you just can't save tires. You have to go, go, go from the start, and I'm going back to everything. Talking about the whole top line. The only ones complaining are like eight thousand high rating people. <laughs> you can run the high side. I've done it. And every everyone that in the second split that I was in did it. Right. Well, I wouldn't even call it complaining. I mean, maybe it's, you know, constructive criticism on, you know, towards iRacing, but personally, I, I don't have any complaints yet. Um, oh, I like it. You know, one of the things that I, I think is misleading is, you know, that high side is only as good as the setup. If you are not working on your car in the open practices to where it feels good up there, it's not going to race any better up there than it drove in practice. And that's no. one of the things I focused on this week with the setup was something that would work good on the bottom, but it also felt good and turned well through the top. I mean, you you got to put in your work on the front end to be able to get the results on that high line during a race. And even without that, you know, the fake set, you can still run up there, but. I don't know. I guess it depends on who knows how to run the Highline and who doesn't. Right. And it looks like you got it figured out. So, Carlos, tell us about your week. How, what was your highlights, sir? 
All right, take a look at any race that um, Brian Scott's in. There you go. That's my week. Pretty much wrecking every corner. Dang. Yeah, you just, had a rough time uh, one one night, I remember. That was just me. That was just all my my own mistakes. That's all it was. And just compounding on those. Like, you got a penalty, I remember, yeah. and then it led to another penalty, or you got a lap no, down. No. And- well, the first thing that happened was I went to pit, and I missed pit road. Like, uh, no, I got to pit road. Damn it, let me redo this. I went and went down pit road. I missed it. Had to go back on the track. I was had to go all the way around again, come back in a second time, and I missed my freaking pit stall by like 10 cars, so I couldn't back up, so I had to keep going around again. There's two laps gone right there. One more time, get caught speeding. And I think I had a commitment cone violation, too, so yeah, I had to was... come back in again, so four laps down. Yeah. Never got a caution either after that. That pit road was tough to get on under green after uh, having old tires. Uh, I think, Brad, you missed it once, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I had told everybody I was pitting, 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 pitting. And just as I started getting ready to slow down and trying to get off the track onto the apron, uh, I had two guys running side by side behind me just bearing down on me, and I was like, I can't do this. I, they're going to run over me. I think my problem was I was furious at myself. You know, I was mad because I had no trouble getting to pit road the first time or, well, after that first mishap. But, you know, after that, it was just me driving mad. Do what? We are having technical difficulties. Please stand by. Everything disconnected. Yeah, it's all that. Anyways, for people who were gone, we had a technical difficulty. And, and we're, we're back. back. Okay, so let's uh, move on. Jose, tell us about your race. Oh, uh, in Chicago. Well, I had a very good week, actually. Um, both with the fix and the open. Uh, had pretty good finishes. Uh, I ended up the, the open with a, I mean, the fix last night with a good P6 finish. Uh, so in both the open and the fix, I was able to get good finishes. Uh had my complications in the open a little bit, but uh, at the very end, I did have a good finish. And uh, how about those rivalries? Uh, yeah, they quiet down. I mean, the incident that I had with uh, an individual earlier in the week kind of was chilled out and cooled by by Sunday in the evening. I actually raced him again, and he was okay. You know, um, I guess no no harm, no foul. All right. Well, good finish, though, uh, with a P6. Uh, Kyle, how was your week? Well, Wednesday, I struggled to figure the track out. It was uh, not a good day for me at all. I ran the fixed setup in the afternoon, pulled out a 16th, ran the open on Dave's setup on the evening race on Wednesday, and got a 27th. And uh, then I turned around and ran the open again on Friday and really figured Dave's setup out. Man, I was fast. I drove through the field from the back to the front on three separate occasions, pitted under green, and caution came out, right? Like two laps on fresh tires and ended up trapped a lap down, finished 12th. And last night I ran the fixed race, 
and spun myself twice off of turn two throughout the race. And um, that's what I did. Yeah, I think there was about 20 to go when I spun out the second time running in fifth. And uh, so I spun actually in three that time. And I actually just took it right down pit road and got fresh tires. And the caution ended up coming out. And for some reason, there was a bug where I was running in 15th. And next thing you know, I'm in third. I was trapped behind the pace car. But I was in third place, so not sure what happened. But then we had two two cautions to close out the race and ended up finishing fourth place. Wow. That's a great run. Yeah, a lot of luck, but I'll take it. Um, so with last week's results and this week's results, I went from 10th and I regained myself back up to, I believe it's third place in the fixed standings wow. in Division 5 and fourth place in the Open. Very good. So you're doing well in both of those series, so keep at it. Yeah, I wasn't second for most of the year this year. I don't have a chance of catching my points later, but I'll take second as a pretty good uh, result for uh, first season of NIS. Well, and you got to remember, the split that you're in is a real shit show. Pardon my language, but yeah, I it is. a major yeah. eye rating from Talladega. It's amazing how Squad. many cautions that you guys have. Yeah, when I, when I went into Talladega, I was at like a 2300i rating. And that was just an awful week with my brake pedal going and all that on my sim pedals. And then Watkins Glen coming up without my sim pedals and lost some more i rating. I think I got down to about a 1400 and something. Now I'm back up to uh, a 1750. So we're climbing back up. Okay. Keep coming. We want to get you out of those splits. Uh, it's amazing that you you literally have a third more cautions than the split I'm running, it seems like. And we're always done with our race before you're done with yours. Yeah, um, it's super frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lance Gentles, you took the week off, I believe, right? No, I came back this week. Um, oh, okay. Uh, the string of misery I've been having since uh, Bristol has carried on, and um, I got pinched into a wreck uh, during the first open race of the week for me on Wednesday. Um, somebody hit the wall and was was spinning around, and there was plenty of room to move down, and the car below me just uh, didn't. So it wasn't a like no, pinch you into the wreck kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I was on the brakes all I could do without without moving, so I just I eased it on down and kind of started nudging on the car, and um, the the car wound up hitting the uh, the the car that was wrecking wound up hitting the wall and bouncing off and right into me and wrecked me and the car below me both. So uh, well, it, that was that was a big wreck, wasn't it? The one I was we were both in it. No, that was uh, that was the next night during the fixed race. Oh, I think. oh, that's right, you did run Wednesday, didn't you? Yep. So uh, it was just a, uh, it was a deal. I finished 26th and the next night I got trapped a lap down a la Kevin Harvick on Sunday. Yeah. And I was a lap down most of the race. And right before the end, I, I got back on the lead lap and managed to pull out something of a, a salvage job, finished 14th. And uh, we both were moving up there. We, we had to get everything we could. That was a 14, what, 14, 15 for us. Uh, I think so, yeah. 
All right. And uh, Anthony, did you uh, have any notes about Chicago? Uh, Chicago, I haven't ran official much this uh, year, so I haven't done a Chicago yet. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of crazy with the new uh, Dynamic Track 2.0, as they call it, uh, the multiple grooves. It seems to be working for me, so. I don't know, for uh, Chicago, I think last year was better, but they're not, they're trying to improve on it. Okay, real quick, uh, real NASCAR, Kevin Harvick, he gets trapped a lap down. It was just a bad luck timing thing. It had nothing to do with how he was running or how they called their race. It just had crap luck. And boy, can I relate to that. <laughs> I had bad luck this week. I've been in that position. Yeah, we all have. And I was thinking that when it call. happened. If we're talking about bad luck, what about Chase? I mean, poor Chase, just again. <laughs> yeah, when that Well, you knew that late like, caution was coming. Well, when it did, every Chase Elliott fan went, damn it. <laughs> well, he had it won if it didn't come out. He did. It. He did. I don't think Truex would have caught him. You know, as bright as his future is, I really don't, I can't feel bad for him because he's going to be on fire at some point. He is on fire. I mean, that was a great run by him, even though he didn't, you know, the the pit crew kind of failed him there at the, that last stop. I was kind of surprised they all came down for tires. What do you guys think about that? It was like three to go. Yeah, that sucked for Chase, but I think Truex would have gotten to him, but he would not have been able to pass him. And then I come out. My I mean, if well, that was an no, racing race and it's three to go, nobody's pitting. No. Well, you know, I had this happen in a race either last night or yesterday. I don't know if it was A or B or C, but uh, a couple of guys stayed out with a caution with like four laps to go. Everybody else pits, and then the guys that came in, they're crying like crazy. And it's like, (laughs) if they didn't want to pit, you can't cry because they didn't. If they hold their line at the start, I mean, what's it matter? But they screamed, oh, you're going to wreck us, you're going to wreck us. Turns out they went green and went about two laps, and somebody did wreck, but it wasn't them. Yeah, this this series, or this service is full of uh, full of people that want nothing more than to drive your car for you. <laughs> well, there's an I etiquette actually... thing, but... My Wednesday uh, fixed race, uh, late in the race, before I ended up having my bad luck, I stayed out a couple times because we were getting those quick yellows. I stayed out, and I had like four pit stops throughout the whole race. Every other car had at least seven stops, and I was still able to be out front on old tires holding my own, leading the race, no problem. Wait, was that the one you and uh, Kyle were in? I believe so. I want to say it was. I was watching yeah. you, and you started well, on Pier Road, and you moved your way up quickly. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of starting in the back and moving up quickly, uh, for anybody that watched the uh, the race yesterday, or the uh, I think it was actually the pre-race, they were talking about Kyle Larson, how he wants to start in the back so he can see how good he really is. 
I kind of uh, related to that a, a little bit when they were doing that pre-race show. Um, only I, I look at it a little bit differently. I like starting in the back because I don't have as much pressure on myself to stay up front. I, I don't need to lead the first 50. I don't need to lead the first 100. The only lap that I want to lead is the the last one. Right. So if I don't got to put all this added pressure on me to lead all these laps, because we're not getting paid bonus points for, for leading the most laps. So I don't need to lead the most laps. You know, and so I just, I don't put that kind of pressure on me. I just, if that's where I'm supposed to be, I'll make it there. Yeah. You saw Harvick drive through the field yesterday as well. Uh, uh, he At the beginning, he was coming up through there because he started in the back, I believe. Well, ask Kyle a little something about driving up through the field. Yeah. All right, it let's move on. It could be a little hairy. Uh, topics, Brad, what's the next one? All right. Uh, the other day, uh, iRacing put out a, a live YouTube broadcast, and it was uh, it was announced earlier that they had a special treat for us, and it was uh, it turned out to be the uh, the Audi nineteen ninety car, and it is uh, I haven't I don't own it, but just looking at the specs, it's probably a little beast. It's uh, all-wheel drive, 700 horsepower, 531 torque, 5-speed gearbox. It's an Audi Quattro. Uh, Carlos, you own it. Tell us about it. Well, going back to the, what was it, the Audi 90 GTO, which uh, which stood for the GTO class in IMSA back in the, what was the late 80s, early 90s. Anyways, the car's like you said, it looked like a beast because it is. It's I don't know. It's it's weird to get used to. It has like uh, this whole uh, wide body thing going on, and it, I don't know. It just looks weird. And uh, boxy well, looking car. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's fast. Tons of power. All wheel drive. You can definitely feel it though, because you can just get on the power with no issues. Fun car, I recommend it. Yeah, and uh, a couple notes on the forums. Uh, people were saying, oh, the dashboard has some misspellings on it, but then the, one of the staff actually posted a picture of the actual car that they laser scanned, and and that's the way it is in the original car. Uh, one of them is a picture of the tachometer, and they actually have a red piece of tape at the 7,000 mark. Uh, you know, there's a piece of duct tape on there as their uh, red needle, so to speak. I thought that was kind of neat. But real old school stuff. Yeah, they also said uh, that they're, they're going to be running this car uh, for this season. It'll only be an 11-week season, but it will be an official series. So, if you're interested, check it out. So, a couple questions uh, for the group. I watched the announcement because they really, you know, use their marketing and amp this thing up. We were expecting something a little bit more substantial, I think, besides just a piece of content. Um, there were over 3,700 people watching the video live when they did the, the broadcast announcement. And uh, as an oval guy, I kind of felt left out a little, 
you know, because I'm not going to buy this car. But uh, what what did you guys think about the marketing side and uh, of how they pulled this off? I got a chuckle out of all the comments. The amount of butt hurt in there was cancerous. Yeah, a lot of people uh, were like, uh. "Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of oval racers and uh, well, road racers for that matter just feel like every piece of content that comes out should be just for them, and it's eh, it's kind of sad." In my opinion, I think if you're an oval guy, your your content that you're waiting on is coming. It, it's been confirmed. Wink, wink. Dirt confirmed. <laughs> well, my my only gripe was is the way that it was marketed. It, it seemed like it was like you know across the board, like for Irish, and it wasn't you know maybe specific. So, I mean, I was looking forward. To uh, that one, one o'clock announcement time, you know, thinking that, you know, there was going to be, you know, something as far as maybe service improvements or maybe, you know, they were that close to the new UI coming out or something like that. But right. to find out it was just a road car, I mean, I'm a little disappointed. You know, why hype it up that much for for a road car? I mean, I, I don't. I've never seen them hype any of that like that for uh, Oval yet. I mean, yeah, dirt's coming, but that was based off an April Fool's joke. Well, it's a historical car, too, and which I think opens the door, I think, for historical Oval cars. And we were talking earlier, I was talking to somebody, you know, hey, what about uh, uh, the... It was Taylor Burris I was talking about it, at this, too, and he said... Uh, you know, what if we got some of the NASCAR cars from the 60s or 70s? And uh, wouldn't you love to have that Richard Petty one with the big dovetail, you know, Dodge Charger, you know, look to it? Well, that's oh, the only thing that iRacing is going to open up with this. Is it might create themselves more headaches than good. Because if they're starting to come out with classic content, then that means everybody and their mother is going to be like, oh, well, you need to do this old car, this old car. And you're going to have a, a, a you're going to have a boatload more requests yeah. because they're showing now that they're going back instead of just forwards, that the forums are going to be flooded constantly with, you know, classic car requests. Personally, it makes me feel like I'm playing Dirt to Daytona again. Nice. It'd be a novelty to see an old like Plymouth Superbird or something out there on the track for a little bit, but in the end, I think it would get about as much participation as the old uh, 40s, uh, 40s uh, Formula One car that they have out there now. Yeah, that's the other tricky part. I say skip the 70s altogether, stick with the 60s or 80s if they want to go back in time. <laughs> See, as a racing fan, I enjoyed the um, the film that they had that accompanied it. I, I I love all forms of racing. I love Formula One. I love IndyCar. I love NASCAR. Yeah. Um, dirt dirt cars, anything. Um, and and the little historical piece they had with the gentleman that used to drive this car. I can't for the life of me remember his name. Oh yeah. Was I love those little documentaries like that. Those are fascinating to me. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I'm the same way. I, if it's got four wheels and a motor, you got my interest. So yeah, I did enjoy the presentation. I, 
I will give it that. I got into a spirited debate with some guys in a car group um, after I took my car to the racetrack. They said, well, it's not a race car, so why take it to the racetrack? I said, anything's a race car. If you've got the balls to race it, anything is a race car. See, can you imagine saying that in the pirate outfit? Imagine you a know, brawl breaking out. <laughs> there you go. If they'd have let me race in the pirate outfit, I would have by God done it. <laughs> yeah, the video was really cool. It had the original driver, uh, you know, an interview with him. And they were putting him back in the car so he could run it again. And then showing historical photos of him as a young man when he used to run it. And it's very, like you said, great document documentary, really, about that car. I actually like it. I, I I really don't care. I think they they probably overhyped it a little bit because I was thinking it was something like, uh, you know, we were going to have more of the day to night thing going on now, or you know, if you if you started your your cup race in the afternoon, it was a full length race. Well, it would be late evening when you finished and bring more changes into the track. So that's where I thought they were going when I first heard about it. But, you know, like you said, the video's great. Uh, we've got something else to play with. Just go have fun, because the first race was made about five minutes after the second car was built. If it runs, go. Well, the other uh, big announcement that you could have uh, maybe thought it could have been was uh, weather, you know, like rain or something like that, as much as they, they hyped it. Right. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of guesses out there. There were, And, and I got to admit, the Monday night before the announcement, there were a few people on Facebook that actually correctly guessed what the announcement was. I don't remember who those people were, but I did see it in a couple groups. Uh, so it wasn't a complete secret. Somebody did leak it at some point that evening before. Yeah, and then uh, tomorrow's is already leaked as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that uh, here shortly. Uh, Kyle, what's up next? Oh, next is uh, we ran a practice thing at uh, Texas with the Porsche. Yeah, this is just a real race, uh, real racing crossover story uh, that was actually posted on imza.com and uh these two imza drivers uh talk about how they trained for this porsche gt3 cup challenge which runs at the uh circuit of the americas and they basically did their training on iRacing and um and what did you know they hadn't been to the track but they were able to you know work on their you know learning the track and getting their lap times down and learning you know where the the breaking points are and so forth so uh, another example of you know real life race car drivers using iRacing as a real tool it's pretty neat okay so next up was uh, on the topics uh, iRacing announced this week the World Cup of iRacing is less than six weeks away for the f and for the first time it's going to take on a decidedly Olympic feel as clubs attempt to win medals in one of five events, including the overall championship, October 21st to November 12th. 
So were you guys going to uh, participate in the World Cup of iRacing? I didn't even know this was still a thing. What am I, I looking be. at there in the World Cup endurance? It looks like a vintage race car. Yeah, it's news to me. What car are they using? Uh, they're using the Gen 6 at Atlanta, and they're using the Corvette at Watkins Glen for the first round, I believe it was. Yeah, there's several different uh, things here. It says uh, Le Mans GT1, Talladega, Car Tomorrow Gen 5, Nürburgring MX-5 Cup. So, yeah, you're going to have to read up on it. It looks pretty complicated, just looking at the post on the forum. So I used to do these, I don't know, two-plus years ago. You know, I'd see them pop up, and I would join, but I don't think I've done them recently. I didn't know they were still a deal. I've never had the chance to get into one because it seems like it pops up last minute. Um, it's the guy that organizes the club that I'm in, Club New York. He's very active on this World Cup thing, so he's been posting on our New York Facebook page for two, three months now, you know, trying to lead up to it, get polls as to who'd be interested in what and whatnot. He actually made a calendar and broke it all down, like, into real, you know, dumb, dumb terms. So it's really easy to understand what's going on, what days. And, you know, the clubs that do that are going to do good. I mean, over here in my club in the West, we don't have anything like that. And I look at this, and it looks kind of intimidating because I don't know when the race is. Yeah, I, uh, I was reading something the other day. Canada right now is leading with all the registrations right now with, like, 58 people signed up for their club. And the rest of the clubs are way subpar below that. All right, what about the rest of you? I don't know. I, I I guess I'm like some of the others. It's really the first I had heard about it, so I guess check into it and see. I plan on running it. Go New York. You got to register, yep. which is in the past. I don't remember having to do that. I think you could just go to the hosted page, and it would be there, and you could join. When does this start? Is there a clear date as to when everything should be done by so everybody knows? Well, it's, it says a span of October 21st through November 13th. It's basically split up over three weekends, Saturdays, three Saturdays. It's like uh, three weeks. Right, over the weekends, yeah. So, yeah, if it doesn't conflict with the NIS, I might be interested. I'll have to look at it. No, because it goes off, like, it's listed on my end, because I'm looking at through our New York club, so it'd be Eastern times. But the oval races for the first Saturday, October 29th, for the qualifier, for the oval NASCAR Gen 6 at Charlotte Motor Speedway is 4 a.m., 2 p.m., and 7 p.m. That wouldn't conflict with um, any NIS races. And then the road races is the Corvette C6 at Watkins Glen, and those go off at 6 a.m., 4 p.m., and I can't read the other time. I mean, yeah, that the 6 a.m. will conflict with the uh, 6 a.m. Saturday race, but, I mean, you still got two other opportunities to run it. Yep. 
All right. And it's so. always on Saturdays. All right, so check that out. Brad, what's next? Well, it looks like um, my racing has took their uh, Sim Racing Expo to Nürburgring. Uh, it says they can't wait to talk and meet with uh, our members. Come by and check out our booth this weekend. They've also got a thing here that says RaceBot will be uh, broadcasting the ADAC Sim Racing Trophy Tournament live uh, at the Sim Racing Expo. Features some of our racing top drivers in the world, including uh, Martin Kronke of Canada SimSport. Other teams represented include Pure Racing Team, Apex Racing UK, Core Motorsports, and Team Redline. Uh, it says be sure to tune in. Winner will receive 1,000, I guess it's Euro, plus a 35-inch screen from BenQ. So three 35-inch screens. Three. I misread that. Three Triples. 35s. So that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. And I, I looked at the thing on their uh, Facebook page, and it's pretty cool how they got it set up. Yeah, they got like four different rigs, it looks like, set up, and quite a crowd, you know, and people actually racing. Uh, looks like fun. Yeah. And uh, obviously all those uh, road racers are over there and trying to win those nice screens and stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, all right, next story is... Uh, we had Taylor Burris on last week uh, to promote his league called RTFT, and they actually start tonight, I believe, their first event. Anyway, uh, one of their claims to fame in their league was Ray Black Jr., who is a driver in the uh, a rookie driver in the Xfinity NASCAR series, uh, running full time over there. He actually ran uh, this last weekend in a truck race. And he put the RTFT All Star Racing League on the hood of the car of the truck, and uh, I got a picture of it from Taylor, and uh, looks pretty darn cool. Uh, and it was pretty neat to to see an actual iRacing League on an actual NASCAR truck, you know, as a full full sponsor. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So we've seen iRacing sponsored cars, but this is the first time I've seen a league actually sponsor a real race car. That is pretty awesome, man. We have a, um, I know a guy, he paints cars and, uh, the team goes to him, you know, with different designs and, and says, here, can you, can you work with this? And he comes up with schemes that eventually go on to the race car. So that's pretty cool. But to have a league on a, on a real race car out of there on TV, that's an accomplishment. Absolutely. And, uh, going, coming from one league owner to another there. So, uh, good job, Taylor Burris for getting that going. I hope your, your thing goes good tonight. All right, moving on, Kyle. Next up, we'll talk about the packs that went through today. Um, iRacing went down today for Season 4 Patch 2 release. Um, in this patch, they fixed some of the bugs uh, as far as the simulator with the power saving and screen savers are now turned off on the sim launches. Um, they had a bug where um, if you join the practice server when you sign up for a race, that if you would hit the race button, it wouldn't transfer it over. So they fixed that. 
um, the windshield reflections at um, night tracks, fix um, some of the invisible cars, be present in large fields at Le Mans. <coughs> um, the lollipop guy was in the, the middle of the yep. the box, yeah. Yep, they fixed the lollipop guy that was just standing there with his arms out. Which I was uh, affected by that one, so. As well as they updated some of the um, setups for some of the cars as well. Uh, I wanted to point out something, too. I, since this new release, Season 4, have not once, knock on wood, had error on network device. And you know what? I've had that since the last September build. So for 12 months straight, I had that error every time I raced. But now they fixed it. They fixed it. Thank God they fixed it. And somehow that last uh, build fixed my problem. And I don't have any uh, disconnection problems anymore like that. Yep. Yeah. And you also with the patch today, they released the new car. The Nissan ZXT 1989 GTP car. And they're going to race that with the Audi 90. So this series is already in place. I heard it was kind of hard to find, but if you can find it, I think you go to the car and then look for series from there. But uh, Carlos, I got the impression you bought this car this morning. Oh, I got the car. The series is already up there. You just got to look. It's just on the regular series selection. Okay. Right so what do you say? It. it just spelled K-A-M-E-L, so I'm calling it a camel. Some series of some sort, but the car itself, uh, pretty fun. Actually, uh, I have a review of that on my YouTube, so I guess check that out for people who know what I'm talking about. All right. And do you think these cars are adequate to race against each other? No, they don't. They're completely different classes. It's like you're racing uh, just the prototypes versus a GT. That's exactly what it is. So let me get this straight. So when they run this series, the one car is going to always win over the other one because it's faster? Well, they're not racing against each other. Yeah, classes. it's a multi-class oh, I see. type deal. Multi-class race. I get it. Yep. Yep. Like I said, prototypes and GTs are similar. similar. Okay, okay. So it looked like a pretty cool car from the pictures I saw. It is. Now, they kind of changed how they were going to release this. Last Tuesday, they indicated, oh, we're going to have another release in seven days. Watch the video at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then they, you know, a few days later decided, oh, we'll just sneak it out with the regular release on Monday. Uh, you, do you guys think that was because some of the noise that some of the noisemakers were making on the forum about, oh, oh, we were hoping for something better? I think no, it was I, 100% that, honestly. All the grief no, they caught. No, I actually saw, I read something about this on the forums, and I believe it was from, from one of the guys iRacing. Uh, one of the problems that they had is when they put that video out for the Audi, their site got absolutely flooded. So the idea behind it was putting it out kind of behind the scenes. Uh, not everybody was going to flood the site all at once to to get this car. So it kind of came out silently. And people found out when they found out. 
So there might not, there's still could be people that don't even know it's out yet. I'm sure a majority of them do. But they are still going to do the 1 o'clock presentation tomorrow for this car. But the car is out now. You can drive it. So they're going to have another nice documentary video probably. Uh, yes, probably something similar to that. But the main reason why they put it out today in such a silent matter is because it was going to be easier on their servers to do it this way instead of it being everybody coming all at once to do it like they did the Audi 90. And I guess it raised a couple issues with their servers. So that's why they opted to do it this way. Yep. Yeah, I've already got that car. It's a little beast. Nice. Okay, let's move on. Brad, what's next? Uh, sad news. Uh, Jeff Ducart, uh, he's an iRacer, uh, passed away. Uh, he's 51 years old from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I don't know that I raced against him, but... Uh, I guess he's been on iRacing probably four or five years, so I guess I probably did at some point. Eight, eight years, actually. Uh, just looking at his stats page. Okay. Uh, he's been around a long time. iRating is 39.58. And his last race was September 12th at Chicagoland, and he finished 17th. So this was unexpected, I believe, and uh, a lot of people in the uh, – on Facebook, we're mentioning it, and uh, a lot of, I know, Anthony, you mentioned a comment, uh, you know, uh, on that as well. Um, and there was uh, a, a few other posts that I saw, you know, uh, regarding it. So we just wanted to take a moment and uh, mention uh, Jeff Ducart, and uh, he was a former member of Gale Force Sim Racing. In Gale Force, uh, Sim Racing actually put out a post about it, and um, he'll be missed, apparently. He, he ran the Class B series, apparently, a lot. And if you ran Class B and you were in top split, you probably ran into this guy. Yeah, I didn't know him personally, but anytime you lose somebody in the iRacing community, you know, it's like family. It just It's never a good thing, and I'm sure he'll be missed by a lot of guys. Yep, and so that brings us to the next one. Unfortunately, we have a couple uh, uh, people that have lost their lives that have been iRacers. Uh, Tom Johnson posted up uh, this last week uh, that his son uh, passed away August 20th in a brutal, senseless murder. And he has been a member here at iRacing on and off. Uh, Tom goes on to say, I ended up having a small stroke the day after his funeral. So now I have no movement in my left leg and left arm. Uh, I will be back. So uh, sorry, Tom, for your loss. And uh, we hope you can heal up and join us again. And, and we're sorry for your son. Yep. And the, uh, the bad news really just keeps on coming. An 18-year-old reigning Australian Formula 3 national champion, uh, Luke Spalding, Lost his uh, four-year battle with cancer. Uh, that's super sad. Yeah, especially he was young. young. Yeah, and what 
Yeah, I looked up his stats as well, uh, Luke. And interestingly, his last race was September 1st, and it was at Mazda Raceway and he, in the MX-5 Cup, and he won it. So he won his very last race. He pulled a pole one. He won the pole and won. Yeah, how about that? And he has a winning percentage of 7% on road overall on his career. Uh, so... Yeah, lots of like like Anthony said, we are a community. You know, I don't know these guys personally, but we want to mention them and, and say prayers to the families and and at least show some respect. Okay, so I got the next story. Um, what the heck is this one? Oh yeah, so one of these guys that has. Uh, an older system, so to speak, tried to switch over to DX11. It didn't work. And he posted up in the monitors, you know, what it, what he had, you know, in the forums. And his monitor only has a resolution of 1768 by 992 in 30 hertz. And it's like an old plasma TV or something. And uh, it won't work with DX11. So... I just wanted to throw out, you know, Kyle and I have been hammering on the podcast lately, you know, get your computers upgraded, but guess what? Sometimes your monitors aren't good enough either, and we just found a case of that. So you might need to upgrade your monitor too. Yeah, I've been having problems, and I don't know exactly what it is. It's it's something to do with uh, it's although my screens are all the same size, it's wanting to make it look like my center screen is like 10 inches taller than the other two. Uh, I hope that I can just fix it and not have to go buy new screens. Well, all three screens are the same size. They're the same screen, right? They are. Oh, we well, should be able to fix that. I can help you. 10-4. Technology okay. can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what's up next? All right, we lost Kyle. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Next topic with the mirrors and VR not right. They're in, they say there's a fix coming. Sean Nash put out a forum post saying that there's the fix for it is in production and it'll be coming out in the next patch. Which did that come out today? Yeah, that came out today. It's a okay. little bit old note, but. What happened is the FOV is apparently all wrong on the mirrors if you're running VR, and so that makes the mirrors kind of useless. So these guys have been trying to get it fixed. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed with the uh, the car that was released today. I, I bought it and took like three laps at Daytona, but your right side mirror is right in your A post. I can't even see the doggone thing. So I, I don't know how to fix that. Well, there might be something up with, like you said, with the center looks bigger or something. There might be something up with that. We'll have to take a look at your set setup. I'll pick up the next one here. Uh, for those wondering, where is the Blank Pain Endurance Series? We've shortened it to six weeks so that it can act as the qualifying series for the 2017 Blank Pain GT Series. 
It starts the weekend of November 12th at Monza. So, Jose, Carlos, are you guys going to run that? or? Yeah, I don't know. Not sure about that one yet. Yeah, you got to be uh, really, really good to be getting to the qualifying for that series. And there is a, that is a money series, so. Yeah, the competition there is really fierce. Exactly. Yeah, we remember uh, last year. Yeah, we didn't make it very far, did we? Uh, Brad, what's next? Uh, the highlights from uh, Ty Majeski running in the Arca Series at Chicago Speedway. Uh, he finished eighth, and I actually watched this race. Um, he got the car probably about as sideways as you will ever get it um, and didn't crash. Uh, he was, he was trying to pull a block move on a guy and the guy had his nose in there. He wasn't backing off two cars going for the same spot. He ended up going completely sideways and ended up saving it, not crashing into anyone else and walked away with an eighth. Uh, I thought it was a heck of a job there. Tyler Hudson praised the save also. Well, you should mention one thing, that the car he was driving was the old body style from, like, 2007. I mean, yeah, there's it, no side force on that thing. Yeah, and it was, um, it's, it's I, I guess they went from uh, sheet metal to a composite body, and yep. his was the steel. old sheet metal. Yeah, steel. So, he was already at a disadvantage, I guess. I don't know how they compensated in that series. I'm not yeah, too up on that series. I don't understand. They run the... What looks like today's Gen 6, and they run what looks like the old Gen 5 cars, or 4, whatever the hell those bodies were. Yeah, just and, ride right your brung. Yeah, it definitely uh, puts a whole new meaning to get up on the wheel. <laughs> yeah, it was a great save. Uh, Tyler Hudson actually posted in the forums uh, some pretty high praise on Ty Majeski in, that, in those saves. But uh, I thought that was interesting as well. Uh, I'm gonna, well there's one other... Uh, topic that's further down the list, but I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, Ty actually won another race yesterday, uh, and in this time it was at the uh, at Elko, and uh, he qualified P4, got to P7 finish, which uh, got him to the second feature where they started P3, and the easy finish in P1. So. That was the Whelan uh, Points, National Whelan Points Championship. Uh, he's hoping to finish uh, second place in the points, but uh, he has eye racing on the hood. Yep. Okay, so the next topic up was uh, Stephen Myers from iRacing who's in charge of a lot of things over there. He actually met up, apparently, with the Texas Club of iRacing. They had some kind of meetup, and he apparently met them and gave them all his secrets, he said, uh, on Twitter. So uh, I want you guys, from anybody in here from Texas, who's going to fess up? Do you, think, do you think he did that at that uh, little... Thing that they have every year somewhere in Texas. Where people... Oh, that was a few months ago. This is a different thing. Oh, okay. This was at the uh, Dakota race. 
Circuit of the Americas. Uh, IMSA, I think, was there. So anyway. I don't think he spilled the beans on anything very important. Yeah, he's probably just saying that to make us all jealous. Uh, yeah. And we've talked about club meetups on a previous podcast. I've, I've, we've tried that out here in the West, and me and the one guy met up at the racetrack, and that was it. And so it doesn't ever work out for us. Looks like they had a pretty good group. They did post some pictures on Twitter. Uh, looks like there's at least six of them. So good turnout. Okay, Kyle, you're up next. Next, uh, Steve Myers put out a Twitter post about how Renault gave them the things they need to collect data for the Renault car. Yeah, he's talking about the 3.5 car, uh, which Renault is going to, you know, they, they've signed to do, but apparently... He only has the CAD data. He doesn't have everything he needs. He needs photographs. He needs the sound recordings. He needs data. He only has the drawings. So that's why that car has been delayed. So it's just an update, basically, on that particular car. He kind of uh, let that slip on Twitter. Is that a car you're waiting for, uh, Carlos? Is that nope. something you're interested in? Not my kind of thing. Yeah, it's an open wheel thing, I guess. I like the 2.0, but I don't know about the, the other one. Right. Uh, the, other, uh, the other interesting thing about this story was uh, there was a forum post. That, this led to a forum post, uh, and a guy named Diedrich Kynes from the Benelux Club indicates, I was race engineer on car number 10 last year, in the Renault 3.5 series. At no point did anybody from iRacing approach the teams, or at least I didn't hear about it, but I'm sure we would have been quite happy to cooperate. Um, so basically, he goes on to say, I'll get you in touch with the right people. And so I think iRacing's talking to Renault, but they're not getting them in touch with the teams. So this guy's going to try to hook up Steve Myers directly with one of the teams. And so that's kind of what I was reading. Hey, I, I I like that idea. You know, I encourage, you know, anybody that you know has uh, good relationships with uh, with different teams or different cars that you know, reach out to iRacing and say, hey, I've got these connections. If it's something you're interested in. Yep. Okay, Brad. What's next? Uh, the dynamic track 2.0, uh, I think the concern is it is far worse than the last build. The 1.0 actually opened up lines of a lot of tracks, whereas the 2.0 has taken all that away. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was okay. I, I don't see the problem. I can't think we kind of hashed this one out, uh, talking yeah. about Charlotte, yeah. I mean, uh, Chicago. Yeah, that was actually a quote from Tyler Hudson about the 2.0 track surface, and it seems like he didn't. He th thought maybe we made it worse, but I, I think we, like we talked about before, I think a consensus was it was better. Well, as far as the the rubber side of things, I mean, you're getting a line 
you know, you're getting rubber laid down better and more effectively than it was previously. And I'm also noticing the marbles, and not only the, the marbles that are up out of the racing groove, but the actual marbles that get picked up from the car in front of you and flung at your windshield while you're going through a, a long green flag race run. It is pretty cool. I mean, even when you're when you're uh, pacing and you get the marbles on your tires and you're they're getting thrown up into your wheel wells and you hear them go ting ting ting. I mean, they're even if this isn't the end all be all, I feel that they're going in the right direction, and that direction is just beginning to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I agree. Kudos to them because I, I remember the the other night there I was racing and. Uh, we went under caution after a, we had had a green flag run, uh, green pit stops, and finally went under caution. And, and before I could get to the pits, it sounded like somebody was popping popcorn up underneath my fender wells. It was neat, cool, a little more realistic, and kudos to iRacing on that. Yeah, the first the first night at Chicago, it was a little bit extreme. I think um, there there was some sort of glitch with the audio, and it just sounded like forever stuff was getting thrown up into your wheel wells yeah. to the point of distraction. It's a little loud, but they, it got it changed, right? Yeah, it seems to have changed since yeah. since the first day after the patch. Yeah, I remember Brad commenting about the how loud that was. Yeah, but it, it I don't know that it's actually true. I've never driven a race car on asphalt, but it, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> okay, Kyle, final topic. Final topic was a forum post regarding left foot braking. And who doesn't? And I do. Who does and doesn't do it? Yeah, just taking an informal poll here. Who does it? I do. I personally left foot brake. I was a right foot breaker until Dave Smith made me use the left foot and found out that I'm much faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I... been a I've been a left foot breaker since I first started. Uh, well, first got a set of pedals that was capable of doing it. Yeah, I do it, and there, there's times that I'm on both pedals at the same time. Yeah. And that's what I was arguing. I participated in this forum post, and my point of view was there are certain tracks you need to be on the gas and the brake pedal at the same time in part of the lap. And I think Chicago was a perfect example getting in. I was on brake and throttle getting in, uh, into one and three. Not always that, but if you're racing at Talladega or Daytona, you can have the right foot full on the throttle. You might have to drag a little bit of brake with your left foot. Right. Yeah, when, at those super speedways, uh, unless there's a yellow flag, you never lift. You keep your foot, pl your right foot planted. J drag your brake. It's easier to drag off a little bit of momentum with your brake than it is uh, doing it with the gas pedal. You, you take you take throttle out of the car, and then it takes more to get that rolling speed back up in it than just dragging the brake. Yeah, but, you can keep your RPMs up, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're you're less apt to lose a bunch of momentum just dragging your brake. Uh, I have 
ever since I started racing, and keep in mind, when I first started racing, I was a console racer. I didn't start in, you know, like a lot of these guys started in uh, NASCAR racing 2003. That, that's not where I got my start. My uh, my sim racing career started on iRacing, but before that, I was doing console racing. And I always left break on on the console side of things. I've just, I've always done it. And it, it's easier for me because I can, uh, you know, just ease on the brake and then get my foot right off of it and my throttle pedal is already going down. There, you're not losing any time in between a quote-unquote transition phase between getting off the brake and getting on the throttle. Now, I will say this, that there are times where that certain scenario of left foot braking can hurt you um short tracks i think stand out more than anything where you'd want to roll the uh the center of the corner like martinsville you got to roll the center of the corner now transitioning back and forth with a right foot gas and brake that might give you more apt opportunity to roll the center of the corner better than uh just getting back on the throttle uh with your right foot when your left foot braking but nine times out of ten, uh, I think it's a, a preference thing more than anything. Uh, I'm sure there's guys that are out there that are just as competitive as the next guy and, and they're right foot braking. But I can say this, I, it's probably more common that you're going to have a, a left foot breaker than, than not. A couple of things. I, I was kind of surprised at how many people didn't know that this was a thing. That you know, there were a lot of people in the forums were like, "What left foot braking? Are you serious?" You know, and that kind of surprised me. Um, the other thing is, is why do I when I walk out to my real car, I don't do left foot braking when I drive a real car. I do right foot front, right foot braking. So, and it's just a natural thing. I don't even think about it. So, but when I sit down at the sim, I don't think about it either. It's automatically left foot. So. I, I, I don't know how to tie those two together. Yeah, I tried it one time. Don't do it. Yeah. See, I am different. I, I don't have my driver's license for certain reasons. I won't get into, but uh, there's been times where I, I've had to drive the car, where I've had to move it, you know, test the brakes, what have you. I have, Anytime I've ever been in a real car, I've always left foot brake. That I, I has, think you're the exception. I think Brad is, it has followed me over. Now, I, I don't drive on a daily basis, so I don't know if that would truly be the case. But anytime I've ever ever driven a car for any any reason, I, I've always left foot brake. I, it's just something that follows me, I guess. Yep. Well, racing brakes and brake, braking in racing conditions is a whole lot different than braking in road conditions. Yeah. And you tend to be on the brake a lot harder. I have I have racing pads on my street car because I do take it to the track, and um, it, it's it's different. It's definitely different when you get that heavy, thick, anti-boiling, uh, high temp uh, brake fluid and those big, thick ceramic brake pads on there. It's it's a whole different animal. You got to step on that thing, right? You really do. As soon as you take out that street fluid and put that high temp uh, stuff in there, it's immediately you notice the difference. Yeah, on my Camaro, I've got uh, Brembo racing brakes, four pistons, 
And uh, I, I tried it one time just goofing off and I about tried to see how much of me I could stick between the steering wheel and the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I said it's a disaster. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, so let's get into final thoughts. Brad Miller, you're first. Uh, let's go to New Hampshire. I'm ready to get out of Chicago. Yep. I'm with you. Carlos, what do you got? The usual. Nothing. Uh, except your YouTube channel. You've been real busy uh, reviewing cars. Oh, God, I've been busy. So check out Chewy Side. I'm like three weeks behind on stuff. You got to plug that YouTube channel like a cheap hooker, man. Get after it. You know, I'm not yeah, what 100% channel, sure then? what the URL is. Chew, if you go to YouTube, search Chewy Side. 55. 55. There you go. Jose Pavon, are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Final thoughts. I'm uh, sorry? You have any final thoughts? Uh, no, not, nothing at all. Okay, Kyle. Well, unlike the rest of you, I would love to have a couple more cracks at that open racing in Chicago there with that setup. Had a blast there this week, but looking forward to New Hampshire. All right. And Lance? Well, um, this week I'll be getting my hands on an HTC Vive, so make sure you. I'm going to be doing a full workup on it. Um, I'm going to review it to the best of my ability. So if you're interested in uh, VR in any way, make sure you tune in next week, and uh, I'll be talking about it uh, as extensively as Captain Mike will permit. Yeah, I was thinking we would, you know, slot out ten or fifteen minutes to do that. So, um, so yeah, look forward to that. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be looking at the the field of view and um, looking around in the interior of the car and how it uh, how much different it is than having a triple screen setup like I already have, and giving my opinion on what is better. Right. If you can find a way to like record footage, send it over so I can put it on the stream. I'll see what I can do. All right. Yeah, you should be able to capture that. I don't know, but uh, okay, uh, Dave Smith. Well, I'm not really looking forward to going to New Hampshire. It's probably my worst track. Um, but for those of you that enjoyed my setup this week, uh, stay tuned. I'll give you a little teaser. Uh, I'm working on a New Hampshire setup. I've been actively working on that. And it is, you're going to be surprised, based off my Chicagoland setup with minor changes. And... It feels amazing. So uh, look forward to uh, getting that out to you guys here within the next day. And uh, so you, I can get your guys' opinions on it. But I'm not really looking forward to it. But I'm doing my best to bring bring us uh, a great setup nonetheless. Hell, I was like me using the Pocono at Bristol. Yeah, well, I, I loaded it up and made a couple changes and it feels phenomenal. I mean... I am getting off the corners better than I ever have at New Hampshire, so maybe oh. uh, maybe that'll change my opinion on New Hampshire. Well, that's see how you run, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so that brings me to my final thought, and right along those lines, if you want to run Dave's setup, you have to be part of Team Tafosi. Over here at Tafosi Racing, 
we are actually recruiting drivers, and I want to mention this on air. This podcast is actually completely produced by Tifosi Racing. Everybody on this podcast right now is part of the team of Tifosi Racing. So if you want to join us and you think you'd fit in with our group and you run the NASCAR iRacing series and you think you'd be a good fit, let us know. Hit up one of us and talk to us and we'll see uh, if it works out. But we are picky as heck, but I just wanted to throw out, you know, we are recruiting. So, uh, so that's my final thought. And with that, we'll see you next time. See ya. Take care. See ya. Good evening. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.